Hello and welcome to another episode of Save Station Radio. I am your host Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. And this week, we will be discussing Final Fantasy VII. Again. Or it's <laughs> DLC, actually. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Intergrade. Uh, we reviewed this game, obviously, last year when it, when it came out originally. Uh, but it got new story content, so we're going to... The main thrust of this episode is going to be talking about that, but we are also going to... Because we both replay the main Final Fantasy VII game, so... You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that briefly and, and see if we have any updated opinions and thoughts on that. But yeah, I, um, this probably will be a shorter episode. Uh, yeah, just we wanted to talk about that um, since it pertains to the story and narrative. And I think we both enjoyed it quite a bit, right? Yeah, it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, so let's get on with it then. So this this uh, the exclusive version still, unfortunately, to the PlayStation, uh, at least at the time of recording, version of Final Fantasy VII came out for the PlayStation 5 on June 10th, 2021. Once again, of course, developed and published by Square Enix. Uh, and that goes to the DLC as well. Do you want to tell us about how this can be upgraded? Because it was a bit... It was a bit confusing. Like, every PS4 to PS5 upgrade, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, they can't all be the same. So, of course, there's always different paths. It's, it's um, a game before the game. Yes, Solve this puzzle. Fi- Solve this riddle. <laughs> Here's a puzzle. Figure out your bank account information. So, PS4 owners can upgrade their PS4 copies their purchased copies notably not the free version that was on ps plus um, that one you're just stuck with uh, if you have a purchased copy of it either physically or digitally then you can upgrade to final fantasy 7 remake integrate for free the only exception is if you have a disc of the game and a digital ps5 then you can't put the disc in the ps5 and it won't read it i heard if you just cut cut a slot where the disc would go (laughs) except there's missing material yeah if you just uh (laughs) just mail the disc to someone no it's they don't want you to know (laughs) they hide a disc drive in every ps5 the eufy dlc which is what we'll be talking about primarily today uh is only available for the ps5 version uh and it is twenty dollars for upgrading users um, but it is so included... to be clear that does not come with the free upgrade because that that wasn't necessarily clear at the beginning <laughs> yeah the P- the ps5 upgrade just gets you the ps5 version of the main game that you already bought if you want to get the dlc that's 20 dollars for upgrading users but it is included if you buy just a standalone version of Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, either a physical PS5 disc or digitally on the PS5 store. Uh, it's included in that $70 purchase, but is $20 for upgrading users. Right. And as you said, exclusive to the PlayStation 5, which I will say is ridiculous. Because <laughs> the DLC is not particularly... I wouldn't say it's any more like intense than the main game. And, you know, I guess I'm not a developer, so I can't tell you for sure. But but I will say, it does read to me as a weird, like, uh, Sony's trying to encourage you to buy PS5s, even though they definitely don't need you to do that. <laughs> and also, the stock it. is not really there. Yeah, so it's it's silly, which is really unfortunate, because I'm sure there's a lot of PS4 owners who would love to play this and can't, which is ridiculous and silly. Yeah, also what's weird about this is that if you are upgrading to the ps5 version that's free 
but the DLC is $20 standalone. So if you bought the game full price when it came out, then you end up spending $80 for the whole thing. Whereas if you were to just buy Remake Intergrade with the DLC, when that launched, then that's 70 which feels a little bit weird. Obviously, it is better that you don't have to spend 70 for the game again if you spent 60 the first time, but I don't know. It feels a little weird. I mean, yeah, I mean, but that's just like you got to play it a year early, right? Like, like that's any game. If you wait, you're going to get it for cheaper. I don't like I get that because of this whole process it feels weirder but I, I don't know that, that that registers to me as something that's wrong you know oh yeah no I still bought it immediately but like it it feels a little weird in retrospect I will say I, n- I never got to confirm this but I did see when this came out which was a couple months ago people were reporting that if you are a physical game collector this DLC is not on the disc which is dumb oh okay yeah so if that is a concern for you um the Yuffie DLC is not out there which is unfortunate why don't you tell us what we get with our upgrade to the playstation 5 yes with your free upgrade to the playstation 5 version if you bought it originally the main differences between the ps4 and 5 version are graphical uh you have better dynamic lighting certain areas have like volumetric fog there's improved shadows like more detailed shadows that kind of stuff. I know this game already looked really great on the PS4, and it looks that much better on the PS5, I can tell you. Um, the PS5 also has two graphical modes. There's one that runs at uh, 4K at 30 f- frames per second, and then the other one at uh, 1620p at 60 frames per second. This is compared to the PS4 version, the base PS4, which ran 1080p at 30 FPS, and the PS4 the PS4 Pro, which ran 1620 at 30 frames per second. I, I played the whole thing in 60. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, as, as I, I do most do. things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a little disappointing. No rechasing in this package. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, it's a nice looking game. They fixed the N64 door. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, textures have been improved as well as uh, graphical pop-in. That was something that happened on the PS4 version quite a lot. When you're running into an area, certain props and especially like NPCs would spawn in as you see them. Most of that is just gone on the PS5. They just are already there. The thing that you'll probably notice the most is the load times, as you will with most PS5 dedicated games. Uh, there was a comparison I found that was um, on the PS4 Pro the load times were about 40 seconds and then on the base ps4 they're about 45 uh on the ps5 they're about two seconds yes which is nice yes it is very very much appreciated yeah absolutely although part of me did miss the longer load times and i feel like i'm just that kind of person where you know i see a load screen i'm like oh cool i can stop and you know take a drink or do whatever and then it's like, oh no, wait, the game's already loaded. I could just keep going. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, been, but that's uh, me. <laughs> to change to this, I, I, uh, I've I been playing Psychonauts 2 on PC, and uh, the first loading screen I hit, I would, oh yeah, these. Oh this yeah, sucks. loading screens. <laughs> I just want to play the video game. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so load, cutting down on loading, which is, is just a, a plus for me and a negative for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not a negative it's just like oh no, you you hate it you you, you want the loading screens <laughs> when am i supposed to take a drink if I'm, there's no loading screens 
<laughs> pause the game what are you crazy the other the one thing i will note about this is all the like graphical updates and all that are really nice and looks fantastic there are a couple exceptions where i'm like oh they didn't fix that namely the flowers <laughs> oh yeah there's um, still elements of this game like this game i would still describe even after this update as really awesome characters don't look at the backgrounds too much <laughs> Um, the backgrounds and the environments are a lot better on the PS5 and specifically like some background textures look a lot better. Um, but there's specifically some camera angles that like to zoom in on the flowers. And I don't know why they do that when the flowers are like seven polygons total. (laughs) It's weird. I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you in the sense that like, I think what it's doing metal walls and concrete and stuff, it looks nice. (laughs) I think some of those slums don't look super hot. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it looks fine. I, I still think it's, overall it's a good-looking game, and you're only going to notice that stuff if you're looking for it, so it's fine. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, so just real quick then, you, we both played through it again, so what did you think of your second playthrough of the main game? Um, I still really Without like this Without spoiling game. it for people. Yes, I will be avoiding spoilers. And, and just um, a heads up, we're not going to spoil anything beyond the entire package throughout this podcast, so like... Once we get to spoiler section for this game, for Yuffie, we'll tell you. But we're not going to go beyond Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, if that makes sense. We're not going to discuss the original game or its spinoffs or whatever. So you don't have to worry about those spoilers. Yes, which I will do my best to avoid. Because when the original Final Fantasy VII Remake came out last year, that was like my first actual Final Fantasy game. I mean, I had played all the Kingdom Hearts games, but that's different. So I was I was really into it, and I love the aesthetic and the characters and all that is a great, uh, so much so that it got me to go back and play the original Final Fantasy VII, um, the Switch version that lets you like fast forward and all that, which is very nice. And I ended up in really enjoying that, and that sort of got me into playing RPGs as a whole. And I've played a lot of RPGs since then. Uh, So going back to Final Fantasy VII Remake after playing like a bunch of RPGs, uh, it was actually really nice to see, um, you know, having context of the original and seeing what was changed, as well as just appreciating the steps that they took to change the original game, like the original game's turn-based combat and adapt that into an action-focused combat system. I was able to like really appreciate that. But even still, even if you don't have that context and this is your first Final Fantasy game like it was mine, uh, this game's still a lot of fun. <laughs> um, there's some strategic like RPG elements to to the battles that can be pretty engaging if you're into that. Otherwise, you know, just the standard hack and slash action fight the enemies type deal is engaging enough to to carry the game's length, which is still not too long like i think it's like 30 35 hours which i think is reasonable um even if you're like completing everything uh so yeah this game is definitely a like top tier rpg for me and i'm glad that i've played it again nice uh yeah my opinions on it haven't changed too much um i really enjoyed the game the first time around and i and i really enjoyed it this time around too you know story narrative is fun i really enjoyed the material gameplay uh the material system i think it's a lot of fun uh yeah I, I enjoy the combat quite a bit i will say the problems stick out more for me uh that being mostly the pacing i i really think this game has issues with the pacing and i hope that the sequel next final fantasy 7 part 2 or whatever they decide to call it 
does a little bit better with that. Um, there are just like levels that I'm like go on forever and ever. Like I, I think about like what in particular where you're basically in like the subway system or whatever. It just goes and goes and goes. <laughs> like some of that stuff I think could be worked out a little better. But yeah, overall it's a great game, and I, I really did enjoy my experience with it. And, and yeah, I largely feel the same as when we recorded that first episode. Um, there are some aspects of somebody who didn't go back and play the original Final Fantasy VII that I'm like, okay, I really hope this gets addressed later because it's kind of weird that this this is a weird cliffhanger. Like certain just characters that'll show up for like a second and then never show up again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, that was weird. One in particular that I, you know, I guess without spoilers to say like, just looks off from the rest of the cast like does it fit the world and i'm like that's weird and interesting tell me about that character and they never do which is really unsatisfying and i feel like there's stuff like that that for this game i take issue with still um that you know obviously hopefully will be addressed in the sequel but still for this package i do find attack frustrating from a narrative perspective i will give everybody a word of warning when we talked about this the first time around there's an optional scene you get um well the scene's not optional but it changes based on some criteria um, of who you talk to. Um, it's like really, really light spoilers, but you, you'll have several different options where you have to pick between Tifa and Aerith. Um, and you get a scene with one of them, depending on who you pick. Uh, last time I read, I got a scene with Aerith and I really complained about it on the podcast. Cause I don't think it's good. And you were like, what are you talking about? And we discovered that it, it, that changes depending on who you pick. Definitely pick Tifa. Her scene is much better. I got that this time around. And, it's actually really good. So Yeah, the scene with Tifa makes me really emotional every time, and I never choose Aerith when I play through this game again. I'm like, I, uh, no thanks. Yeah, I will say I definitely agree with your critique of this game's pacing because it's one that like you don't really notice it as you're going, which is good. Mainly, I think I don't fully recognize it as I'm going through the game when because I'm so like kind of wrapped up with the characters and seeing what they uh, go through. But I will say if you're going through, um, I did some of this, but I didn't do a whole lot of it, uh, was going through and playing the missions on hard mode. It really makes you like take a step back and look at, Oh, there's a lot of stuff that like is kind of just padding for the sake of making this game longer when you're expanding, you're expanding, what was essentially five to 10 hours in the original into a 35 hour game. Uh, there's going to be some padding there. And um, when you're just going through just straight gameplay, then you kind of notice it more. Um, the story and the cutscenes and the characters do a lot to mask that, but it's still present. And I will say for me, I did notice those things, you know, while I was playing it, like they, they it definitely stuck out where I'm like, Oh man, been going down a lot of the same looking hallways for a while now. Um, and that was the same the first time around. It was just obviously more pronounced on my second playthrough. Again, not enough for me to not recommend the game, but it is something to point out. Um, and something that I really hope gets gets more attention in the sequel. Um, Which I the other it does. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I would expect it to, honestly. Uh, the other complaint I have, I hope that for the sequel they really really work on movement and locomotion when you're not in combat i think that that also really affected the pacing for me where like it is really silly that i this character who does flips and you know cool attacks and stuff in combat and in cutscenes. but while i'm just walking around the overworld i can't hop over a waist high barrier or like drop down a two feet ledge you know 
Like, it's just little things like that that kind of add up to the experience that I really hope get addressed next time around. Um, it can feel stiff at times when you're just walking around, and that, that does not help things. Uh, even when you're, like, breaking boxes to get items, he'll stop to swing his sword, and it's like, you don't need to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've seen you dash across a battlefield. Yeah, he's so fluid in combat, and then in the overall, it just feels so stiff, and, like, stuff like that. I... I do think that that is primarily the source of where the pacing of my complaints come from where it's just like this is silly <laughs> uh so I, I hope that that stuff gets stressed in the sequel but you know again overall really enjoyed the game and excited to talk about this dlc this game also has a weird like dynamic sprint speed where depending on like the situation your sprint your top speed will be like capped to different levels um, which can be more annoying at some points where you're like, I want to go fast through this an area because I want to just skip past some things. And then it's like, no, you're going to jog <laughs> instead. And that's all while you're out of combat. But yeah, I could I could definitely see what you mean where it can feel a little sluggish sometimes. And sometimes where it just doesn't have to. It's not even like they have the excuse of like where other games are like, okay, we're masking loading, so we're going to make the character walk very slowly and talk. Like this doesn't do the talking bit, so it makes it even less interesting um, a lot of the time, so... Yeah, I just, you know, just just personal complaints with that. But let's move on to some general thoughts about the DLC. Again, we won't get to spoilers just yet, but the, is it called Episode Yuffie? Or is it just called Intermission? Something like that. It's one uh, of those. It's never clear, because some places call it Episode Yuffie, like the sto- the PSN store. But then in-game it's called, like, Intermission. I don't know. I don't get it. It's one of those. It's called Intermission, but it doesn't, like, it's not like it folds into the gameplay experience it's not like you get halfway through the game and it's like intermission plays this uh which is which would make more sense but not from a narrative standpoint i don't know um this dlc kind of takes place during the events of final fantasy 7 uh you're playing as a separate character you're playing as yuffie who is part of wutai who gets referenced in the main game and you are you're uh you're here to collect a a supposedly very powerful materia Right, that's basically the premise, and you team up with some av- avalanche members we've never met before, and that's basically the the idea. Yep, pretty much. You're going on a materia heist. Yeah, I really like Yuffie as a character. I think it was really fun and refreshing to have her star in this DLC because she is basically the exact opposite to Cloud in terms of personality, which was really nice. She's very fun. She's very brash. Um, she's portrayed as a lot younger. I don't know if they say her age, but uh, um, I believe her age is supposed to be like between, like about sixteen. Okay, yeah, she's 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 a very fun character though, and like naive in fun ways, which I I I quite enjoyed her dialogue and and stuff for the most part. Um, what did you think about her? Yeah, I I really like Yuffie. Um, she was a lot of fun in the original and in some of the spinoffs that I played, and uh, I think her characterization here does a lot to really sell the like sort of childish nature of her because you know she is a kid in this situation but uh, she strives to be more and she pretends she's a lot bigger than she is and yeah her she was a lot of fun to have in uh, story moments and uh, having the other characters sort of bounce off of her and contrast her was also pretty enjoyable yeah she's almost immediately endearing which is nice yeah, it, it, so gameplay-wise, she has this, uh, what is it called? It's just a like, big shuriken. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's, it's just a big shuriken. Um, 
which I is think that's just what it's called is a big shuriken <laughs> because it it allows you to both do melee attacks and range, which is which is honestly needed because you only play as her through the DLC. You have no direct control over other characters. You do get another party member, but you don't directly control them, which is an interesting choice <laughs> and one that I. I don't actually love that they did that. I wish you could control the other one. I think that could have been more interesting. But uh, I do like playing as her. Um, yeah, it is a mix of melee and ranged attacks. And it, it works. It, it's fun. I, I wouldn't say that the gameplay is so different from the main game. Like, it's it's pretty similar. But it um, it, it looks flashy. And that, that's nice. Yeah, there's a couple... Um a couple distinctions that make Yuffie feel a little unique. And one of which is... You, like you said, having a ranged option as well as a melee option. Um, but when you throw your shuriken at a target, it will kind of just stick with them for a while and you can continue to issue melee attacks to it. Uh, so you continue to do melee damage to an enemy that's far away from you. And then when you want to retrieve it, then you can send Yuffie flying towards it, which can close the gap on enemies as well. Um, which, which could be pretty fun. Also, if you're playing... Since you're only playing as one party member for this whole admittedly short DLC, uh, you don't have the option to sort of like spread out elemental materia across your team to like balance different weaknesses. So to make up for that, Yuffie gets an ability to where she can like change the elemental properties of the shuriken. That was really cool. I really Yeah, that. so then you can manage the sort of elemental typing but you could do it more on the fly it still takes an atb gauge to change the element but once it's set you have it for a while so that sort of like elemental weaknesses and like balancing different typings that sort of like combat strategy that was in the main game still carries over just in a different unique way yeah um it does it has another important system um I think it's called where you synergize with your with your partner. I'll be honest, I never got the hang of it. <laughs> I never was really quite sure what I was supposed to do it and when I was supposed to disengage it. Like I, I I never really got the hang of it throughout my entire playthrough. I don't know if that's a failing on me or the game for not tutorializing it properly. I don't know. I just would do it sometimes. I'd be like, I guess this is helping. <laughs> Yeah, Yuffie seems fairly capable on her own. So, like, it's mainly just when you want to spice something up. Yeah, it does It does give you some extra damage to some of your ATB actions, I guess, when you're synergized. Um, so you'll do TMOs with your partner, which are cool um, and look cool. So, so, that, there's the, so that, that I understood. But, like, just in main combat, I was a little like, when am I supposed to do this? <laughs> I don't really get it, how to do this optimally. Not a not a big deal. I clearly didn't need it that much, but yeah, it was it was a fun character. Let's see. Is there anything else to note on? Oh, um, this sort of comes with a new mini game type, a new side game uh, called Fort Condor. I it, it tutorializes you how to play it, and I did that, and then I played the first round. It was like this is not for me, <laughs> but if I remember correctly, you got into this right. Uh, yes. Now, Fort Condor was something from the original, only in the original it sucked ass and everyone hated it. Okay. But here, it's a lot better. And um, I'm someone that's played some of these, like, sort of strategy games, specifically on, like, mobile. And, you know, building a team roster in order to counter your opponent, uh, that's all 
interesting if you want to dive into it. You can also like purchase different pieces for your team from like various shops and for doing quests you get rewarded with some of them it's really only in like the first half of the dlc anyway uh there's like a whole side quest where you participate in a big tournament fighting characters from the main game yeah it's it's one that like doesn't have enough depth to stand on its own i don't think like if you were to release this as a separate game i don't think it would have enough but as a side mode that you only play for like about 30 to 40 minutes, I find it to be fairly enjoyable. It's, it's like one of those distractions that can overstate its welcome if you're not into it. Um, but if not, it's fairly optional. Uh, basically what you're doing is each player has three, um, bases on their side and you have to send troops over to your other to the opponent's side to destroy their bases and then your troops can like fight in the middle uh and there's like a rock paper scissors between ranged defensive and attack troops uh and then there's certain troops that are like flying so you have to get some things that can aim at flying troops or things that are flying themselves uh, and you can set up little factories to manufacture a bunch of troops and then they all require a different number of points that regenerate so um, it's one of those that's like very much a strategy focused game. And if you are not into that, then I don't blame you at all. It's this game's version of Gwent in The Witcher 3, right down to actually that rock, paper, scissors aspect. And also right down to the point where like, I was like, okay, I'm not doing this and completely avoided it, <laughs> um, which is, you know, cool. Um, and, and I'm glad it's there as an option, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um. All right. I, I don't know. Is there anything else we should touch on before we before we start spoiling? Um, the the music's really good. <laughs> the music is really good. There's like a really cool jazz track in there. Um, that's also there's like a there's like this restaurant called the Happy Turtle, and they have like a metal theme song that rules that you will absolutely be hearing at the end of this podcast. <laughs> it's very good. It's. Um, I think it's actually a callback to a track in Final Fantasy thirteen two, which is equally as cheesy, but it's just a take on the Happy Turtle jingle that plays for the, like, the bar that was in the original. I don't think it had a theme in the original, but they did a little jingle for this, and then they turned the jingle into, like, a really cheesy metal song for one of the fights. It's very good. It's great. Yeah. All right, let's talk some spoilers. I don't know about you, but I was really shocked when we got more of the main cast at the end of this. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was coming because, you know, you're going to do a DLC that's not really important to the main story and people are going to be like, but what about the cast and what about Remake 2 and... Um, so they're like, I oh, will address it a little bit and just give them a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. It was like, oh, cool. And, you know, it's not super substantial, but it's also more than I would have thought, too, where, you know, we get we get scenes of them like hitchhiking and it's fun. And, yeah, we get them coming up to this new town called Calm, spelled with a K, yep. um, which, you know, I assume is from the original. 
I can't tell yes, you. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's just a really nice like. Oh, cool. We got it. We get to catch up with them real quick. And the person, the person they hitchhike with is Chocobo Bill, who runs the Chocobo Ranch that is outside of Midgar. So like, if you oh, played the original, that's also a Chocobo reference. Cowboys? Um, you get a rancher, and it's Chocobo Bill. Oh, I don't know exciting. if there's going to be more, but yes, that's there better be more Chocobo. I I better see Chocobo Sam's face again. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or nobody. He's a fun guy. Nobody. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was really nice. Then we also see uh, uh, fucking rip off cloud with black hair <laughs> for a minute too. Air of soul boyfriend. Yeah, something that gets you in trouble with all Final Fantasy VII fans by saying that cloud light. <laughs> uh, we could discuss the ending at the ending, but uh, yeah, um, I I really enjoyed. I I really liked getting time with Scarlet, the villain. Um, because that was one of my complaints with the original game is we get introduced to this cast of villains and we just don't spend any time with some of them or just get little flashes. Um, so it was nice to have her around. I thought she was appropriately cheesy and uh, I enjoyed her presence a lot. I thought that fight was fun. Yeah, because in the, in the main game you get introduced to Heidegger, who I guess you could say that you fight with the Airbuster. Um Nah, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he's kind of there. He, you see a lot I mean, more. He has of him. a big presence in there. He's fun. Yeah, and then there's also the Weasley dude with the T who shows up in a couple scenes. Yeah, and he's like, he's like the worst defender of this. Where I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, you're yeah. showing it to me like it's an important character, but okay. But even in the original, I don't think he had a big presence. So like, I don't know. Here he I is. Really I guess focus on him <laughs> so much. It's weird. And Scarlet, Scarlet's the other one in the original game where we get flash, we get cutaways to her, but like she never really got any real screen time in the original. So I was like, it was fun to see that Um, because honestly, I like her better than I like. I mean, she's really, she is basically the same character as Heidinger. (laughs) Like they're just like crazed evil people, but it's still fun. Yeah, I like Scarlet's design and her presence a little bit more where she's you know, kicking around the soldiers. But yeah, having her sort of lead Yuffie and Sonon, Yuffie's partner, through her weapons training facility was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that stuff quite a bit. And, and yeah, I thought her as an antagonist for this really worked. Um, and, you know, will help set her up in the future too when we see her again, presumably. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I do feel like the sort of avalanche crew you're hanging out with is really underdeveloped. You know, you get those like three other characters that like I can't even remember the names of. There's the one girl with glasses. I can't remember what the other two look like. Uh, that the girl with the glasses is Nio. There's also Billy Bob and Polk. Right, Billy Bob. <laughs> His name's Billy Bob. He said you Billy see Bob, him, like, and I laughed times. out loud. <laughs> okay, that's not okay. Um, yeah, I, I wish we got more time with them. Uh, you know, they seem like fine characters. We just barely spend any time with them, so I can't really tell you. And, you know, that that's probably also just a side effect of how short this DLC is. It is like, I don't know, maybe three hours. Maybe yeah, four if most. you get into the minigame. Yeah, so so we really don't get a ton of time there. Oh, the only story beat that I really didn't like, I don't like the sort of attempt to add melodrama when it comes to... Um, Sion, your friend, when he's talking about his... I think in our summary you have it here as his sister. For some reason in my memory, it's his wife. I don't know. She doesn't... I don't think she gets a name. Um, how yeah, she was her killed. Name's, 
her name's Melfi, and she died in the Wu Tai War, and it was yeah. Sonan's sister. Um, yeah, it's really weird because <laughs> it's like, oh, we're gonna give Sonan this emotional backstory, and it's gonna affect his relationship with Yuffie, but then in a couple hours, you know, Sonan dies, and it doesn't really matter. So, <laughs> well, it, to me, it's just annoying because they tell it to you right before you run into Scarlet, and it just feels like an artificial way to be like, hey, hate this villain more because <laughs> they're responsible for this, and it's like. Well, you could have set this up more elegantly. Like, I really don't feel affected by it because it just feels artificial where you just told me I need to be sad <laughs> to yeah, be bad and already, like, Scarlet's already a decent enough villain where it's just, you've seen her, you know, kick around these troops and she's working for Shinra, your big enemy. Like, I don't think you really need a personal reason to go after her. Yeah. And I mean, they could have if they just, like, set it up or maybe have the other avalanche members like before you run into uh sonon do you know talk about that or something you know any number of ways they could have done this better it just it felt very dumb because it is literally like in the span of like 10 minutes <laughs> you learn about this and then it's a problem <laughs> yeah I, but that is my biggest story complaint the rest of it i really enjoyed yeah uh sonon i think is probably a bigger like more of a wasted potential as a character to be his own character I like him being sort of a foil to Yuffie where he's more calm and collected and like a little bit more experienced than her, but he still respects her because she is the daughter of his mentor, I think is how that works out. Yes. So I liked him as in that role, but it was more of a supporting role to Yuffie and I enjoyed Yuffie having someone to bounce off of rather than Sonon being his own character. Yeah, totally. To the point where, like, when he dies at the end, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Later yeah, it wasn't on. really that affecting. And again, maybe that's because we didn't have enough time um, with him. But yeah. Uh, what did you think of that villain, though, by the way? Um, of Nero the Sable? Yes. Um, Nero the Sable, who works with Deep Ground um a army of soldiers who show up out of nowhere <laughs> mm -hmm. um i mean nero looks like a ridiculous kingdom hearts villain and i'm like okay sure <laughs> what a bad design <laughs> <laughs> you don't like nero the sable i i like him as a character i mean he's just like a lot of characters in this game he's just a villain ass villain but like you know i like he like, I like 90% of his design, and then we get to his face, and I'm like, what did you do? Like, you almost <laughs> had a pretty cool-looking character, and then you put him in these, like, weird medical bandages, I guess? I don't really know what that's supposed to be. Well, he's in, like, a straitjacket for most of it, and then he breaks his arms out and fights you. Yeah, but, like, color-wise, like, he's, like, he's like a really black-looking character. Oh, yeah, and then the white. <laughs> it just lo it looks terrible. I, like I, I we don't normally i don't normally get into criticizing like character art and stuff like that i just this one stuck out like a sore thumb to me i hate him i hate the way he looks so much it annoys me <laughs> yeah i mean he just looks goofy and if, if i'm supposed to take him seriously as an intimidating villain i mean i do because he's a tough fight but that's it <laughs> yeah the fight was great I, I i did enjoy that boss fight it was challenging enough that i had to do it a couple times but not too frustrating um which is good uh, I, I, the only thing that sucks about it is there are a couple of mid-cutscene fights that transition you, and you have to watch those again when you redo the fight, which is a shame. But other than that, I, I did enjoy the battle. It was tough, but fun. Uh, I did not enjoy the battle right before that, though, in the projector room. Oh, uh, yeah. That was, like, 
like way too hard to the point where I was just like rezzing myself constantly. And that wasn't fun. <laughs> um, it was just like this loop of like do a couple damage, then the thing will down me and then I have to res again. It, it just, I, I did not enjoy that fight at all. Um, yeah, I didn't super mind it, but it was, um, yeah, you're right. It was a weird, like a weird difficulty spike kind of right in the middle there. Yeah, it was, it was a little bizarre. I guess the only other notable fight is the one against that giant scorpion thing. This, the centipede mech. Yeah. Which I did. That's I also enjoyed. It was fun. Um, it's you know it's mechanically not nothing too different from the rest of the game, but it'll crawl around the arena. It's like massive. It's got that scale, which is really fun. Is that the one where you have to sort of use the environment to drop things on it? Um, I don't remember doing that. We we didn't say, but we this we're recording this pretty late after we both played it. You especially. Yeah, um, <laughs> I so played it right when it came out. And... I remember he was weak to lightning, so it was a lot of like I'm using that. Um, I don't remember dropping things on him, but I could just be wrong about that. Um, did you get this optional summon? Um, that was Ramu. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, cool. Did you get the optional summon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I did make this mistake of trying to fight it right when I, that opened up, which is a mistake. Oh yeah, no, it's tough. <laughs> go, go level up a little bit. <laughs> you know, just make sure you do it. Make sure you do all the side stuff before you get to chapter two, basically, that you want to do. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed having having that summon there. He was cool and different from the main game, which was nice. Yeah, he's a. all of the summons are like reoccurring throughout the Final Fantasy franchise, and it was kind of weird that Ramu wasn't in the main game. So I'm glad they remedied it here because, I mean, he's the the lightning elemented summon where like Ifrit is fire and Shiva's ice, uh, Ramu is lightning, and it's pretty much like the only summon you get in the game, in the DLC. Yeah, I don't think there's another one unless just missed it, but yeah. All right, I think that's all I got. I don't know if you have anything else you want to know. Um, did you try the optional boss fight? Um, I don't think so because I don't know what you're talking about. Um, after you beat the DLC you unlock the f- option to fight uh, Vice. I did not try this. Uh, Vice is the leader of Deep Ground, and he's given a couple cutscenes in the DLC um, where he's being uploaded to the combat simulator. Um, and he's like, whatever, this is dumb, and I'm edgy and have spiky hair. <laughs> you know, I, if like, you had not said the character name before that, I would not know who you're talking about. <laughs> Yes, it's, you know, it's Vice, <laughs> that guy who shows up in the chair a couple times. You're talking about Cloud? N- nope, not not Cloud. <laughs> uh, che- cheaper Cloud? <laughs> not Cloud, not Zach. Cloud? Fucking, yeah, there, there's a lot of spiky-haired animations in this game. <laughs> um, so Vice gets sent into the combat simulator, and then if you go back into the main game and you play through the first combat encounter in chapter 17 then there's a there's a combat simulator right after that um it's when you're trying to get to the roof on the shinra tower and there's a combat simulator there and chadley shows up and is like oh yeah there's this like top secret thing that just got uploaded you should i i didn't want to upload it because it was really scary but it's here so you should fight it um and then you have the option to fight 
Vice as the main cast in the combat simulator, and it's only available on hard mode. <laughs> oh. And he can kick your ass in a matter of seconds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I tried it a couple times and then was like, there is no way I'm beating this. <laughs> it is way too difficult. To be fair, it's like difficulty, like a seven star difficulty, which is the highest one. There's only like one other seven star difficulty mission, uh, which I did not unlock. Uh, and yeah, that you have to know like a lot of really specific techniques, like how to get a 300% stagger damage and then also being able to stagger him. <laughs> Yeah, that fight is bullshit. If you can beat it, then congratulations. <laughs> but uh, I would not recommend trying to do it unless you've done everything else. I mean, that's cool, though, that that's even there. I, I do like that ultimate, like, uh, fuck you challenge, for lack of a better word, at the end yeah. of the game. Like, as an option, that's fine. Oh, yeah. And that's something that, like, has appeared in pretty much all of the Kingdom Hearts games as well, where it's like, oh, here's this super optional, like, kick you in the teeth <laughs> fucking ultimate boss but um you don't have to fight it so that was uh that's there and then you know if you know who vice is then i guess that's cool <laughs> nice well that was final fantasy 7 intergrade what the hell does intergrade mean <laughs> um, um your guess is as good as mine it <laughs> <laughs> is a square enix ass title if i've ever seen one uh, when yep. I was typing the full title out, there's three colons. <laughs> uh, thank you for for listening. Um, we will be back. The next episode you will hear will be Axiom Verge. I'm not sure when that will be. It just depends on when I get this edited. Uh, but that will definitely be after this. So uh, please come back for those games. And we did an episode of the original Final Fantasy where you know you could hear us in more detail about a year ago over a year ago so check back in the feed for that if you'd like to know i love um, you saying the original final fantasy as if that means anything there was <laughs> never the... one before that one could be wrong 2020 is when the franchise started yep okay yeah. uh that's not actually true because the best final fantasy game released in 2016 and it's called final fantasy 15 so you know okay just, you know, <laughs> fair you know, yeah so final the original fantasy final fantasy 7 the original final fantasy 7 remake for the ps4 is the episode we did a year ago yes yes so go check that out if you'd like to know our thoughts you know in more detail um there and yes uh if you'd like to keep up with this episode or with us and the podcast and whatnot you could find our account on twitter at save station pod and that is of course run by connor who does a great job and connor what is your personal twitter account for people to follow uh you could find me at conifer ssr um, usually post screenshots from the games I'm playing. Sometimes it's just screenshots of um, the motorcycle dude from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, uh, also the best character. Yeah, why can't I remember his name is the problem. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God, I had it. I was literally thinking, because I was going to complain about how after we recorded that episode... All I saw from people talking about Final Fantasy VII was people complaining about that dude. And so I was thinking about this earlier because of how wrong they all are. And I can't I can't remember his name. Oh his my name's God, Roach. Roach! Yes, Roach. Roach, yes. the best. He also shows up in this DLC, so it's good. It's yeah, you good. get That's to fight good. him in Fort Condor. 
If Roach and Chocobo Sam do not show up in Final Fantasy VII 2, I am fucking boycotting. <laughs> Riot. <laughs> yeah. Um, where can they find you, Dustin? Uh, at Roach on Twitter. <laughs> find Roach on Twitter. No. <laughs> I'm at Dustin H. Dragon, um, where you can yell about how wrong I am about uh, rip-off cloud or whatever. Um, <laughs> and he can yell at you about how wrong you are about Roach. About a dollar store cloud that we get in this game. Uh, yes. Thank you for listening. And always, please remember to be good to one another. Yes, and take care. Bye. Gone again, fully wrecked at the happy turtle. Gone again, blind drunk at the happy turtle. Broken inside, find a seat in order, something strong. No matter who you are, like we even care. Your brain goes numb Let yourself slip on top